Hello, this is Claire McAllen, and you are listening to Letters from the Least, a production of the Grexley Podcast Network. It's written by Claire McAllen, produced by Kelsey Cronin, and edited by Laura Stone, with music provided graciously by A. Charles. To support this podcast and others like it, please join us at patreon.com slash grexley. Love your dreams, work hard, stay focused. A lot can change in a year. I know this, but even if it doesn't, don't let that break it down. Your goals and your dreams is where the magic's found. Failure's something that we all must accept, cause the only thing worse than death is regret. You dig? So today we are going to be talking in our sixth episode on the topic of loneliness, the epidemic. Ooh, that's a little a little controversial to say in these times, but I would say the epidemic of our generation. Uh, Every young person I speak to without fail, the number one thing we all seem to have in common is loneliness, which is crazy because in a way we are the most connected generation. We have had unprecedented access to each other through technology and yet we feel so isolated. So the question becomes, how is this uh, platform that is supposed to be uniting us, making us all feel so isolated and also so small so often? And what can we do about that? A lot of times I'm receiving questions from listeners and readers asking me how to make adult friends after graduating from college or high school. And it took me a very long time to figure that out. And it is some hard-won advice I want to share to you guys today uh, in the form of poetry, but also in the form of just some some conversation. So for our first poem, we are actually going to start with something I wrote while I was living in New York City and experiencing the most intense loneliness of my life. And I was using people, mostly in romantic relationships and in dating, to kind of fill that void that was there because I didn't have good friendships. Um, and obviously, if you're listening, guys, there's a couple of you that were great friends to me in New York, but I really, really lacked community and that was hard for me. Um, so this first poem was written about that time. On the really hard nights, I wrap one hand around the bedpost and squeeze as hard as I can. I convince myself the ship can be her own anchor if she just carries enough weight in her belly, I close my eyes against the waves of loneliness lapping at my hull and remember all the good men I decided weren't good enough. And I wonder who I might have been had I been less committed to the wandering. And I may claim victim of fate, but I chose my bedmate. I used suitors as sutures when my dreams felt unbetrothed. Till I learned romance isn't a suitable distraction while you wait for what you want most. But I got what I wanted, whether it was wrong or it's right. For what it's worth, I fall asleep beside my beloved every night. And as my eyes close, I face my ice-cold bride. I don't sleep alone, I sleep with my pride. So that's a dark one to start ourselves off with. I mean, I don't know what day you're listening to this, but I'm listening to this at a Friday at five o'clock. So this should be the beginning of vacation, a little weekend time, but I'm starting it off kind of dark and that's okay. Uh, Yeah, I wrote this after, so I moved to New York City in 
let's say 2018, I think, beginning of 2018, and just could not find community for the life of me, which is crazy because there's so much great Catholic community in New York City, but I just couldn't make it work. And part of it is because I was working like three or four jobs at any given time. And part of it was like geographically where I lived. A lot of stuff was happening uptown, but I was all the way in Brooklyn. Um, but I could not get community for the life of me. And so I found the easiest solution to be filling myself, filling my life with um, lots of little romances, lots of very shallow little romances that great for made for great poetry fodder, um, but not for a fulfilling lifestyle, I guess. Um, and it was interesting because I would go on one or two dates with everyone, but I wouldn't commit to anyone. And it really dug myself into this hole of loneliness that I couldn't have ever anticipated. And so that first poem was kind of uh, examining the ways that we inadvertently choose loneliness for ourselves, even when we think we're choosing an abundance of relations for ourselves. So often in that, we are actually choosing the loneliest path, which is definitely what I did. Um, yeah, I went for the shallow relationships instead of putting in the time to try to get something more. And I guess if we're on the topic of trying to get something more and focusing especially on those friendships or like a beautiful romantic relationship, the best advice I've ever given, this is not the best advice I've ever received. Now I give it all the time. It's not, not original to me at all. Um, but it's this about making meaningful relationships, whether it's a friendship or romantic. We try to form these deep and meaningful relationships by asking someone to coffee, getting a drink with someone, getting dinner, going to a movie. These things, we know this, but we totally go against it. We know those don't bond you to someone. That's not where a friendship is made. That's not where a beautiful relationship is made. And we look back at like our college years and our school years and we think, man, it was so easy back then. Why was it so easy back then? And it's so hard now. Uh, yeah, but we know that these relationships aren't formed by spending money together and eating great food together. Maybe that's something that can bond you further into a friendship or a relationship, you know, all this time down the road. But the thing that bonds us is shared sacrifice, which is why when you look back on those great friendships you had and great relationships you had back in school, it was usually from some sort of shared sacrifice. So whether you were staying up really late to study for something together or you were volunteering for something together there was a little you each put a pound of flesh on the table and how you were helping each other and how can we do this as adults because you know we have our own very independent lives we're maybe not working the same job working towards the same goals we're not studying for tests together so what can we do together and the best advice i've ever heard is if you really really want to become good friends with someone the best thing that you can do is help them move. It's horrible. It's selfless. It's not fun at all. It's sweaty. It's smelly. They probably live on the fifth floor with your luck, right? Um, but if you want to be bonded to someone, you want to have that relationship, do the selfless thing. It doesn't actually have to be helping them move. But what are you willing to self-sacrifice for this person in order to form a relationship? Because that's where relationships are made. It's all um, following the pattern of our relationship with Christ, which is, of course, based on the ultimate sacrifice. And so that is my little bit of friendship and relationship forming advice as an antidote to loneliness. And we will head into our second poem. 
So this one is filled with allusions to one of my favorite stories in the world, Peter Pan, with a focus on Wendy, who I have always been absolutely fascinated by. Poem 2. Can you believe it? The way blue nightgowns jump out their walk-up windows believing green tights will catch them. This time. Lace and cotton colliding with cement and broken glass as knees fall to pavement and pavement falls to its knees, praying that no more little girls disturb its sleep. This time. Unable to finish yet another rhyme after aisles of crocodiles and pirate ships are chosen over auburn hair and trusting fingertips, even the sirens try to offer her a hand, saying that Peter's never gonna land, but Wendy just keeps waiting at her windowsill as pans out playing with pixie dust and dinker bells, breaking a lifetime of promises to herself. Settling for nursery rhymes as she waits upon his shelf. So that poem was very much, uh, you know, all of these start as diary entries for myself, to myself, whatever you want to call it. Um, And this one very much was written as a little bit of a wake-up call letter to myself. Um, Because in our first poem, we talked a little bit about the loneliness of being alone, but then there's a special loneliness, a a darker loneliness, I think, of being with the wrong person. And of course, I am Wendy in this poem because we're all the protagonists of our own poems, right? Um, And being with the wrong person, I think that is more isolating than just being by yourself. And we, you know, in our last lines there, um, it goes, breaking a lifetime of promises to herself settling for nursery rhymes as she waits upon his shelf. I think a lot of us have experienced that of settling and the loneliness of settling and being in the wrong relationship and accepting these promises and these lowered standards that we told ourselves we wouldn't. So there's just a unique loneliness to that that I wanted to speak on through poetry. I don't know that I have too much commentary outside of the poem, but I know that there's going to be people who are in relationships that maybe even aren't necessarily bad relationships, but it's not the right relationship. And you know that, you know that you're unfulfilled, that you're biding time, that you're using somebody else or being used as a placeholder until the right thing comes along. And if so, I'm thinking maybe that poem might've resonated and you know, I, I hope it did. If, if that's your situation, I hope that maybe it could shed a little light into that. And then the final poem I want to share and the final form of loneliness. So I guess we've talked about the loneliness, um, you know, of not having friendship, of not having a relationship, the loneliness of being in the wrong relationship. But there's that final sort of ridiculously painful loneliness, which is a little bit like the one of being in a relationship. There's the loneliness of when you're in a crowded room and you feel alone. And it's so cliche to say it that way, but it's so true. And I think if we are going to summon the courage to talk about this topic, we have to examine what it feels like to be totally isolated and alone and feel like such a misfit within the Catholic Church. And why do we feel this way? Why do we feel there isn't space made for us? Is it illusion in our head? Is it a reality that we're picking up on, however subtle? Um, and how 
how do we deal with that? So I guess I'll start by jumping into this third poem, which is actually one of my newest pieces. Uh, this is kind of a last minute decision to include it here. I've been receiving a lot of negativity online from, I don't even know who these people are. Just people are reaching out just to tell me that they're not very happy with me and that I don't represent the Catholic church and blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to, not going to quote them. It's my podcast. I get to only say nice things about myself. I'm not going to say the things they said. I'm just going to say that I'm having a good hair day and you guys don't know if that's true or not because you can't see me. So you're just going to have to believe it. Um, but this is a prayer I wrote to help myself when I'm feeling lonely and isolated within my own faith. So poem number three. When the faces around me twist with hate and judgment. When I'm told there's no place for me in this pew. When I'm mocked and belittled by my own church, I know my Jesus. When I think about giving up. When I think about taking the easy way out, when I think about finding a softer but less substantial place to lay my head and heart, I know my Jesus. When I doubt my own worthiness, when I believe the cruel ones, when I think the church just might not have a place for me, I know my Jesus. I serve the Lord of turned cheeks and thorned crowns. I serve the savior of tax collectors and prostitutes. I serve the God of not giving up in the church of everyone. I know my Jesus. So that was just a little something I wrote when dealing with feeling a little bit isolated and a little unwanted within my own faith community recently. Uh, I believe, like I said before, that the antidote to loneliness is service and self-sacrifice. Uh, if you feel like you don't have a lot of friends, go join a ministry. If you're feeling like you and your significant other are not connecting, serve them. Do something selfless. Uh, if, if you feel like you're not getting a lo enough love, like try giving enough love. Um, and within my own church community, this continued to apply. Um, when I was feeling isolated, the solution was not to ask for more, but to give more. We know this in our heads. We know that the key to salvation and joy and redemption and all things good is redemptive suffering and self-sacrifice, but we so often, we know it in our heads, we have a very hard time um, bringing it down to our heart and acting upon it. But if you are someone who is struggling with loneliness, that is my best piece of very hard one advice that I can give you is the, the only way is to sacrifice yourself and to serve others. I had two years in New York City of just like no friends, spending every Saturday night alone, just like horrible, so much so that I made my second poetry tour about it, actually. The entire tour was called A Saturday Night Alone. And there was one at Franciscan University uh, where I went to school. I was bringing the show there and they, some of the students mocked up these posters. And it was the funniest thing I've ever seen because it, it's a big picture of my face. And then the, the name of the tour was A Saturday Night Alone. And so <laughs> they had written on the poster, they said, a Saturday Night Alone with Claire McCallan, which 
I mean, when you read it all as one sentence, it's supposed to be two separate things. When you read it all as one sentence, a Saturday night alone with Claire McCallan, that is, that is not the message I was trying to put forward, Franciscan University. But yeah, I did a whole show about it and we examined loneliness from the perspective of different biblical characters. That was a treat. You know, we've already gone through on this podcast, I believe, um, the poems I wrote from Noah's perspective of the loneliness of having a dream that no one else believes in. From Judas's perspective, the loneliness of when you abandon God, and then from Christ's perspective, the loneliness of when you feel that um, God has abandoned you, even though he hasn't, but when you feel it. Uh, so I, I know what I'm talking about when it comes to loneliness, and if I can save you just an inch of the heartbreak that I felt, then it'll all be worth it. So that is my advice to you, dear friends. If you're not feeling loved, try going out and love it. Just always lead with your heart. That's lesson one. Because if you don't, you'll have nothing, baby. Less than one. I said previously that I would end every podcast episode with a book recommendation and a movie recommendation, I believe. So my thing that I am really into right now, and I actually have a double ear infection, and then I don't even know what it's called, something with my ear tubes. My ears are like... Ready to, I'm ready to just get them amputated. They're so messed up. So I've just been in bed every day um, watching movies and reading, but more movies than reading, if I'm being honest. And I've been crazy about the Maleficent movies. Uh, they came out a while ago. I'm really, really behind on this. But if I'm being honest, I think I always thought they were too scary for me. I watch them. I cannot get enough of these movies and this storyline. It's rated PG, so you can watch it with your family. There's definitely like some scary thematic elements. I mean, I'm 26, kind of freaked me out at points, but just watch it with the lights on. It is rated PG, so you should be okay if you're my age. Um, what a beautiful story of redemption and kind of the duality within each individual instead of just simplifying it to the hero and villain complex. I loved it. I can't get enough of it. I encourage everyone to watch Maleficent. One and two. I liked one better, but I definitely think it's worth watching both. And then as for what I'm reading, I'm reading Terra Road by Maeve Binchy because I am always reading some Maeve Binchy. I think that during these crazy pandemic times that we're in, there is no shame in reading something that makes you smile. And that is what Maeve does for me. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. My name is Claire McCallan. You've been listening to Letters from the Least, a production of the Grexley Podcast Network. And I can't wait to talk to you again on the next episode. Have a great day and God bless. Bye.